Russia's offensive continues to move at a glacial pace. Still waiting for that big offensive to materialize. Is Russia hoping to turn to one of their unlikely allies for help? Literally making some material. I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. It's February 18th, 2023. This is your daily Ukraine update. Let's get into it. Okay, first, when we look at the control map, you can see there are just a few changes. First off, you can see here that salient at uh, Pereskovskokivka has pretty much been closed off. Um, it does look like Ukrainian forces are largely holding the Russians to this um, defensive uh, line at the highway here. Um as we talked about, these sort of these sort of salients, they just cannot persist very long, um, and it's in all likelihood uh, Russian forces again just continually making these advances, not letting Ukrainian forces set in a position. Uh, by most accounts, all of these gains uh, come at massive, massive costs for uh, Ukraine or for Russian forces. Uh, when we look to the south, you can see, of course, uh, Russian forces still remaining pushed back from this roadway here between Shasavyar and Bakhmut, um, and their efforts to encircle Bakhmut remain sort of stalled out. Uh, but where they do show, again, very limited progress is near Avdivka. Uh, we can see here a, this roadway again formed that had formed kind of a natural barrier for much of the fighting outside Avdivka. Russian forces have again crossed it uh, into this again largely open territory but nonetheless continuing their efforts to probably I think they aspire to encircle Avdivka as you guys can see as well. Um, outside of Vodiane there's again Progress is probably being generous, but it's forward progress. It's just over empty fields. And again, if their goal is to encircle Avdivka, they're not really achieving that. I think this is probably just continually part of the Russian effort to advance along these three major roadways, sort of a stepping stone from village to village to try to get some breathing room for Donetsk City. Uh, when we look out... Uh, at the combat map, you guys can see that, again, the volume of Russian offensives is hard to understate. Uh, you see it here, Volodar, multiple attacks from multiple axes outside Donetsk, um, as well as a huge volume of action uh, outside of Bakhmut. East Bakhmut, Krasnohora, Chasovyar, Ivansky, uh, just three different locations um, here near Sakovanzetti, and of course the Kremina Lyman axis, as well as it pushes in Davorichna uh, and to the south near Savolte. So you can see that that the ratio of Russian activity to Russian gains is extremely skewed. Um, and most of the reports, uh, most of the credible reports uh, have really aligned with this, that there's reports that it's, it's a, uh, an almost frightening level of uh, casualties that Russian forces are taking. And admittedly, of course, um, you know, when we do look at combat footage, it does increasingly appear that way. You you see what many Ukrainian forces are talking about. Low, um, 
low numbers of troops, low troop concentrations, um, oftentimes just seemingly just sort of advancing arbitrarily in these frontal assaults. Uh, they don't reflect very sophisticated tactics, probably reflecting the fact that they're not sophisticated soldiers uh, that Ukrainians are going up against. And while the fighting looks like it can be very intensive, um, it also appears that Ukrainian advantages in equipment and technology, um, as well as the fact that Ukrainian forces are content to let the Russians be the ones to come out of their fighting positions, assume the tactical risk, even if it means occasionally allowing them marginal gains, is a trade-off the Ukrainian forces are willing to make right now. Um, and the reason is fairly obvious. You can see first class of Ukrainian soldiers have finished advanced U.S. training in Grafenvir, probably on learning... Um, how to uh, not just use and maintain and operate the Bradley, but how to integrate Bradley fighting vehicles fully into major offensive operations. Again, 650 Ukrainian soldiers, probably a sort of train the trainer program um, in order to uh, give them the ability to pass on this knowledge to other members of the Ukrainian uh, armored corps, uh, the, their tank and mechanized forces. So this is, again, this 635 probably not going to the front. They are going to be probably in training centers where they are going to train 6,000 about uh, Ukrainian soldiers in not just owning, not just operating and maintaining Bradleys, um, but in um, employing them in ways that integrate with existing tactics, integrate with light infantry forces, uh, air forces, and really maximize their value on the battlefield, right? Use them how they're meant to be used. And remember the Bradleys, they were developed in the 80s. They are meant to fight uh, Russian and Soviet tactics. So they are purpose-built to destroy Russian vehicles. And frankly, from what we've heard, uh, Russia may just be resorting to Soviet-era vehicles more and more. Um, and when we look at the Institute for the Study War, they point out some really interesting developments between Russia and Belarus. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko uh, recently had a meeting just yesterday with um, Vladimir Putin, uh, and he announced that Belarus aerospace industry is going to be starting to produce Su-25 ground attack aircraft for the Russian military with the support of Russian technology transfers. Uh, that's a term for uh, the ability to manufacture, basically manufacturing technology going from Russia to Belarus. And that also the Belarusian Minsk automobile plant uh, is going to start producing components to support Russian uh, Kamaz, a heavy-duty truck producer, uh, sort of like a, a um, American five-ton. Let's see if I can pull up a Kamaz here. I yeah, a Kamaz, as you can see, is just a general purpose uh, transport vehicle. So it, this is not, I mean, Russia almost certainly needs everything. We know Ukraine has been sparing no expense to put pressure on Russian logistics forces. So undoubtedly, a lot of these Kamazes have been taken out. Um, Belarus also, of course, expressed a willingness to help Russia produce electronic components to substitute lost Western imports. It's not clear how much, uh, you know, Belarusian electronics industry is really going to be churning out. Um, but 
it is interesting. Uh, Institute for the Study War speculates that Russia may want to use its existing Su-25 and truck factories to produce uh, more urgent, urgently needed materiel, and that Belarus will, um, you know, take over production of these lower, uh, you know, second-tier military necessities. Um, Belarusian training grounds or trainers are also being used to train mobilized Russians. Uh, this probably a really good call, given that Belarus has been pretty firm in its uh, in their uh, indications that they are not going to be joining the Russian forces. Uh, Russia has certainly strong armed them as much as they can, um, and this is again this is probably a good call. Um, Belarus does have a uh, mostly professional army. And when it comes to mobilized Russian forces, these guys are, any trainer is uh, a good one, right? As we've pointed out for Ukrainian forces, for example, while they are being trained in many cases by seasoned uh, armies with a lot of combat experience, like the British and UK militaries, um, they are also receiving training from the German military, Spanish military, and other military f- other national European militaries that don't have a ton of, of uh, combat experience, but they have a lot of uh, training on their own in small unit tactics and 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 have you know gotten a wealth of experience collaborating with NATO partners who again do have combat experience under their belts. So this is while certainly not as high quality as US or UK trainers, probably still much better than the nothing uh, mobilized soldiers currently receive. Anyway, guys, that's really all I had for you for today's update. Um, As always, guys, uh, if you want to support the channel and you want access to uncensored combat uh, video breakdowns, you know the viral ones I'm talking about. Uh, That's on the Patreon. Uh, Thanks so much to all my patrons, but especially our lieutenant tier patrons, EC1978, Predator 7R, Judith Haynes, uh, and all our lieutenant tier patrons. And of course... All of the folks at Patreon uh, who keep me, uh, who who are supporting me even when YouTube sometimes uh, d- doesn't want to. I've had uh, last week I had one of my videos, one of my daily updates get demonetized and age restricted, which was a first. Still can't really get a reason as to why. Uh, anyway, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate your support, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.